Yeah, and it really is shifting your mindset to taking care of yourself now, but also taking care of yourself in the future. Yeah. And for a lot of black and brown people, we are in a situation where we're taking care of our, our elderly parents yeah. because they're not prepared for retirement. Yeah. And so that's something that you want to try to prevent for yourself. You don't want to be in that same situation if you happen to be in this situation where someone needs to take care of you once you get to retirement. And so you have to shift your mindset of, I need this money to live off of now and to figure out, hmm, maybe I don't really need it. And I can contribute five or 10% of my income to retirement and figure out how to live on the rest of the money that I have coming in. Let's make What's up, guys? Welcome to Black and Brown Make Green. I'm Natasha. And I'm Damien. And I read an interesting statistic earlier. It said that 80% of people fail to stick to their New Year's resolutions beyond six weeks. That's not long. Nope, not at all. So by the time you get to that second week of February, you have forgotten about those resolutions or you have just completely given up. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we wanted to do to start this year off is to start it off with a make green challenge. And we want you to be successful with making green yeah. because the purpose of this podcast is to help you increase your knowledge and increase your wealth. We want you to become wealthy in a way that you're able to take care of yourself and take care of your children and your family and to be really successful and have a really happy life. And so we are starting this year off with a make green challenge. I love that. I love that you put that positive spin on it because I feel like there are a lot of times where you encounter that word challenge and there's like this negative aspect to it. Uh, in our days, it used to be called peer pressure, but now you have the internet. So you have kind of the the world or, you know, like uh, a larger circle of influence. And there are these challenges that go around, like on TikTok, say, as an example. Um, some of them are innocent, like, you know, pulling your girlfriend through your legs, you know, onto your shoulders or something like that, right? <laughs> something crazy like that. And then there are other ones that are kind of dangerous and, uh, and, and, and illegal. But this is not one of those kinds of challenges. This is an actual challenge to yourself to become better, to improve your life. It's a positive thing. It's our way of trying to push you to be uh, a better person, to push ourselves to be a better person. And uh, it, it has that really positive connotation to it. Yeah. And our goal is to give you small steps, small actions that you can take each week so that by the end of January, you have achieved some goals already. You're not going to throw these things to the wayside. You are going to achieve things if you stick with us every week and take these tiny steps to do it. I have been reading this book called Atomic Habits, and it really talks about the importance of making small changes in order to fuel your growth. A lot of times we try to make these grand changes of, oh, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in a month. Let's start small. And and what the book says is how important those small changes are and how they add up and uh, really turn into something huge that affects your life. And so that's what we are going to do with this uh, these episodes that we have coming up. So th- today we're talking about challenging yourself when it comes to retirement. And the question that I wanted to pose first for us to talk about is why do we even care about retirement at this age when we're young, when retirement seems so far away? Yeah, I struggled with this actually a lot whenever I was first starting to work and first starting to decide how to contribute to my retirement account. 
it's like, well, I mean, I, I could use the money now. I could improve my life now. I could have fun now. But I know that there's, you know, this vehicle that exists that I can leverage to help me out in my future. And then trying to figure out, well, how much should I invest? How much should I commit to my here and now versus my future? That was a really tough decision for me. Like I didn't really know. I wasn't well equipped to to make that decision when I first encountered it. Yeah, I think when you're young, you think I've got time. Yeah. I don't need to contribute right yeah. now because I've got time. But that is the exact reason. Time is the exact reason why you should contribute now. Yeah. As in today, as soon as you can contribute, when you have access, then you should contribute. Because when you contribute into a 401k account or a 403b account or any other type of retirement account, you're putting that money into the stock market to invest it. And time is what's going to help your money to grow. Mm-hmm. And the more time that your your money has to grow, the more money you can have once you actually need to pull that money out. There's a there's a term for this. Tell me what it is. Compounding interest. I love it. I love this term. And, and this is so crucial to to this idea of time working in your favor. Mm-hmm. So with compounding interest, when you invest the money, that money, let's say it makes money, then what you've invested plus the money that you've earned, all of that is going to compound together to help you earn more money over time. And it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing over time. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I want to say when you invest in the stock market, it is not a ride that goes continually up. Yeah. And if you have been investing in the last year, you know this. Because 2022 was a year where a lot of people are down in pretty much a lot of stocks, you know, a lot of index funds, even things are down. The market is down. And that's something that you have to understand once you start investing is there are not going to be years where you're always making money. There may be some years where it says a negative, like it says it shows that you've made a loss. And that's something that you have to be prepared for. Mm -hmm. And if you know that that's something that happens, then you won't be afraid when it does happen. Or you can be better prepared to not be afraid when it does happen. Yeah. It's like, uh, to me, it's like getting married versus, you know, just a a single date. You're in it for for the long term. You're committing. You're making a big commitment and you're sticking with it in the good times and the bad. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's definitely a long term commitment that you should be committed to. It is not something where you are day trading stocks, where you're picking some stocks and then you're like, oh, I'm going to sell these in a month or two. That Mm -hmm. is not what we're referring to. We're talking about long term investing, putting your money into things that most likely should make money over time. So then once you get to the end, when you need this money for retirement, it's there, it's grown and it's ready for you. You don't have to be checking in and and changing what you're investing in every six months or every two months or whatever it is. You're not trying to time the market to sell these items. Right. All right. So that, that is one of the big reasons or our big reasons why we care about retirement now, even though it seems so far away. And then one of the other reasons why we care about retirement is because we think about retirement differently. Yeah. Retirement for a lot of people is the age of 65 when they're in their 60s or older. And for us, retirement is when we are prepared to retire. And so we have been putting things into place so that we can retire in our 40s if we choose or in our 50s. I know that my dad retired when he was 53, which is atypical. Most people are not prepared and able to support themselves at that young age. They have to wait until they get to the full retirement age of 65. And and so retirement for us is a little bit different. We are trying to retire 
whenever we choose to retire so that we can do what we want to do. We can spend our time doing other work that may be more important to us than the jobs we may be working right now. Yeah. Yeah. We want to do it on our own terms and we want to be able to express ourselves in our fullest extent and contribute to the world in those ways. So the first part of today's challenge is to start investing now in your retirement if you're not already doing so. So first step, if you're not investing, baby step, just start investing. Mm -hmm. Start contributing some percentage to your retirement. Uh, You need to contact your HR if you don't know how to do it and ask them, what type of benefits do we have when it comes to retirement? Yeah. And then get invested in it. And even if even if you don't have this through your job, you could still contribute to a retirement account. Mm -hmm. So if you go to your job and you find that they don't have a retirement option, then you can also invest in an IRA, which is available to anyone who earns income. Mm -hmm. And you can invest in a traditional IRA or you can invest in a Roth IRA. And I think the limit for 2023 is $6,500 that you can invest for the year. It may be $6,000. Don't go go and, you know, check for yourself. It's always changing. So sure the exact amount. Yeah, the IRA stands for Individual Retirement Account. So it's not through your work. It's just an account you contribute to for retirement. Yes. And even if you are a stay-at-home parent, like I was for seven years, you still have the option to contribute to a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA if your spouse is working and and making income. Um, There are some phase-out options of when you can contribute to a Roth IRA or or to that uh, account. So you just want to make sure that you're not beyond that before you contribute. But it is an option. If you're a stay-at-home parent, you can still contribute to your retirement as well. Back up, what does phase out mean? Phase out. So as you make more money, as your income goes to a certain amount, then the government says, "Uh, we're not going to let you invest in this anymore. And I'm going to make up some numbers right now. Let's say once you as a couple make one hundred and fifty thousand, they say, "Okay, you cannot contribute the full amount to Mm -hmm. a Roth IRA, but you can contribute 4,000 to a Roth IRA. And then eventually it gets up to the amount amount where you can't contribute at all. So based on your income, if you have a high, really high income as a individual or as a couple, then you may be phased out of being able to contribute. Cool. Okay, so Damien talked a little bit about the hangups that you face when trying to contribute to retirement that we've faced before. And so I really wanna dig into these because this is what is going to prevent you from being successful in this challenge. These are the things that are going to stop you from contributing to your retirement. And one of them, Damien said, was I need that money to live off of now. Yeah. That's something that I told myself as well when I first started contributing to my 403B account. And you really believe it, too, because you have that money accessible to you at the time. And you think, okay, well, I can improve my life in these ways. I can I can start to do all these things that I've wanted to do for so long using this money. Why should I reti- why should I put it in my retirement account? Why should I invest right now? Yeah, and it really is shifting your mindset to taking care of yourself now, but also taking care of yourself in the future. Yeah. And for a lot of black and brown people, we are in a situation where we're taking care of our our elderly parents yeah. because they're not prepared for retirement. Yeah. And so that's something that you want to try to prevent for yourself. You don't want to be in that same situation if you happen to be in this situation where someone needs to take care of you once you get to retirement. 
And so you have to shift your mindset of I need this money to live off of now and to figure out, hmm, maybe I don't really need it. And I can contribute five or 10 percent of my income to retirement and figure out how to live on the rest of the money that I have coming in. Yeah. And here's a here's a sneak peek into the process. Once you remove that and you start automatically investing it, you will not notice it's gone. Let me repeat that. You will not notice that it is gone because you work with what you have and you see what's coming through. And it's not that it's not that much of a hit. Right. And you're using that to improve your life in the future. You're paying yourself in the future. Yeah, that is so true. You will not notice it once it's it's gone and you get into the habit of it being invested. And one of the other hangups that you might deal with is not knowing what to invest the money in. Mm -hmm. So you might set it all up and say, "Okay, I'm going to contribute my 10 percent each uh, paycheck to my retirement each time. But then you still have to invest the money. And this is something that a lot of people actually forget to do. Yeah. Or they just don't do it for whatever reason. And so then your money is sitting there not earning anything. Yeah. It's like in a savings account or a very low yield savings account. Yes, exactly. And so you want to make sure that you actually invest that money into something. And and I'm not going to lie. This is something that I struggled with recently mm-hmm. when we opened our... A brokerage account with Fidelity. Yeah. Because we opened a new brokerage account with Fidelity and we were going to invest in an international fund. We talked about investing in international funds and I got stuck. I'm not going to lie. I was like, there's so many different funds. Which one do I invest in? And when you put your money into your retirement account, your 401k, 403b, whatever it may be, you may get stuck. Yeah. And so you need something to push you beyond that point of being stuck so that you actually invest the money and so they didn't actually start making you money. Yeah. So here are some things you can think about to help you not be stuck when you're trying to decide what to invest the money in. One of the things you can pay attention to is the expense ratio. Yeah. The expense ratio is basically the amount that you're paying for someone to manage the, the funds that you invest into. Yes. So you want to look for expense ratios that are ideally less than 0.5%. If you have expense ratios that are 1% or over, then you probably want to look and see, can you get something at least below 1% if you can't find something that's below 0.5%. So that's one thing you can look at. That expense ratio are the fees that you're going to be paying uh, in order for them to manage uh, that fun, like Damien mentioned. Yeah. And you want to remove those fees as much as possible. And, and I mean, not just remove them, but you want to understand what those fees are going into. Uh, if you have a lot of fees that you're paying for some funds that you're investing in, the reason why you pay those fees is because somebody is, is manually making those decisions. They're thinking about it. They're moving things in and out. And there are more efficient ways to, to get returns that have been shown over time. Uh, over long periods of time, and it's kind of been an infallible discovery, and that's the lower the lower expense ratio index funds will will produce the the greatest returns over time. Yeah, so you can look for those low cost funds. You can also look at what's called a target date fund. So you think about what year do you expect to retire based on your age. So let's say it's. 2055, then you would look for a target date fund 
with the year 2055 or whatever is the year that you're expecting to retire. And that's going to automatically invest your money based on your age. So as you get older, it's going to change the breakdown of how much you're investing in stocks versus bonds. So when you are younger, the tendency is to invest more in stocks because they're more high risk. So you might be 100% invested in stocks when you're 20 years old. But by the time you get to be 30 years old, you might only be invested 95% in stocks and 5% in bonds. The bonds are lower risk and they're going to help you to not you know, lose money a lot when you see those dips. We talked about the market going down sometimes. So the bonds are there to help your money not take a huge dip whenever the market does fall. And so as you age with the target date fund, then it's going to adjust what you're invested in so that it keeps up with whatever your age is. Yeah. And when I was starting out in the investment world, I was dubious of these target date funds because I thought, well, if I learn enough, you know, I could, I could probably do better. I can probably beat the market. You know, I could probably time the market to, to beat these target date funds. And over time, you know, you get a little bit older, you get a little bit wiser. And I don't think I can anymore. <laughs> I've seen a lot of my friends, you know, make a lot of decisions to, to try and do the same. And I've tried to do the same as well. And, you know, I, I've had my, my, my pluses, but largely they've been minuses. You know, I've, I've lost a lot <laughs> whenever I've tried to do this individual, you know, hands-on, very hands-on, right? Like I'm actively looking, actively watching and making decisions based on the information I see. Yeah, I mean, I, I, these target day funds are probably pretty good deal. Yeah. So you're talking a lot about when you were investing in individual stocks and typically for your retirement account that's provided through your job, you won't have the option to invest in individual stocks, um, but there will be choices that you need to make. And in it'll be more of a limited uh, set of choices, yeah. which is a good thing for you, I think, yeah, you're because right. that's where you get stuck a lot of times is trying to make that decision of what do I invest in? Yeah. Now, if you're doing a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA, then you're going to be open to invest in a whole ton of funds and, yep. and stocks or bonds, individual things or or things that are grouped together. And so that's where it may be a little bit more difficult. But still, you can still think of those ideas that we talked about, looking at the expense ratio, looking for the low cost index funds, maybe looking for something that tracks the S&P 500 or the total stock market or looking for a target date fund. Those are all things that you can consider. Yeah. So you mentioned this and we've covered it before, but just briefly cover what the differences between Roth and traditional IRAs are. So the traditional IRA means you're contributing the money pre-tax. So you're not paying any taxes on that money right now when you contribute it. So let me give you an example. If you make $50,000 and let's say you decide to contribute $10,000 over the course of a year into your retirement account, Mm -hmm. then and it's pre-tax or it's traditional, then you're only going to be taxed on $40,000 because you're earning $50,000. You're contributing $10,000 over the course of that year. So $40,000 is what the government is going to tax you on. With the Roth IRA, you are going to go ahead and pay the taxes on that. Let's say you've got the $50,000 that you're earning and you're contributing $10,000 into a Roth 401k. 
because you can't contribute that much into a Roth IRA. But let's say you're contributing that into a Roth 401k, $10,000, then you're going to pay the full taxes on that $50,000. And once you take that money out during retirement, you're not going to pay taxes on it. Yeah. So you can contribute to your 401k account as a Roth or as a traditional or with the IRA, that individual retirement account, that can also be a Roth account or a traditional account. And so if you're contributing to a Roth account, you're paying taxes now, you don't worry about it once you retire and take that money out. The traditional account, you don't pay any taxes now. Once you pull that money out during retirement, that's when you're going to pay the taxes on it. Yeah. Thanks for the distinction. I remember having this option posed to me and I found it difficult to decide which one to choose. And, uh, you know, it's good to have that information to to be able to make that choice. Yeah. And I would say, don't let that become a hangup of, oh, should I do Roth or traditional? Just choose one. Okay. (laughs) Just choose one. Um, All right, let's move on. So the challenge right now, so we've said the first part of the challenge is to start investing now in your retirement. Let's say you were already doing that. So next part of the challenge is to make sure your money is invested. Once you start it, investing, make sure your money is invested into an actual fund so that it can earn you money. And to look at your expense ratios, if you've already been investing, go log into your account and look and see what are you invested in? What is the expense ratio on each one of the things that you're invested in? And see if you can find something that aligns with who you are that is less than 0.5%. Yeah. It's funny because some people will invest in, in things that have high expense ratios but then they're super miserly. You know, they'll take every, they'll buy every sale and they'll seek those out. They're extreme couponers. And then they they pay these high expense ratios for their investments. I think some people just don't even know, you know, you just choose yeah. something. <laughs> That's why it's important for us to talk about this. It's yeah. important. Okay. So let's talk about some of the steps we've taken to prepare for a traditional retirement and an early retirement, because those are two different ways that we, two different sets of things that we've done in order to prepare for that. So we first started on the regular retirement route like everybody else. And I know I started off contributing 5% to my 403B account and eventually I jumped up to 10%. Yeah. What about you? I don't remember. I'm (laughs) old, you know, like I'm I'm already starting to forget everything. Yeah. It's been low. Like I, I, Initially, I started off with 10%. I remember that. And then um, I got I got a little bit banged up with the 2008-2009 crisis. And I think I took it down to about 0%, maybe. <laughs> and then I eventually kicked it back up. And I don't remember what I kicked it back up to, but it was probably 5 8%, something like that. And then after we started digging a little bit deeper, I think I went really much higher, like, you know, like 15%. Yeah. So I know when you started the, one of your jobs, I think you started contributing the 10%, which was normal. And what I liked about this job is that they automatically took it up each year by one percentage point. Yeah. 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 And so every year it would go up by 1%. It went up to 11% and then to 12%. And then I think what, by the time it got to 12%, that's when we had learned a lot more and we were like, we need to max this thing out. Yeah. So we started with a 10%, increased by one percentage points each year, and then eventually jumped up to maxing the account out when it was like, okay, we have this money that we can contribute the full max, so that's what we should do. Yeah. And then when it came to the Roth contributions, I also contributed to a Roth IRA back when I started my 403B, and 
the maximum back then was like five thousand dollars or fifty five hundred that you could contribute to a Roth IRA. Right. I didn't get close to that amount, but I was contributing about five hundred dollars a year to that Roth IRA, mm-hmm. and and so that's something that we also did was contribute to that. Um, to have the traditional contributions for the traditional retirement and then also having the Roth contributions where we could get that money once we are 59 and a half years old. Yeah. So those are the things we've done on the traditional side. And then my challenge to you, the listener who's listening, would be to, if you're not contributing 10%, try to bump it up to 10%. Yeah. And if you're not contributing at all, first of all, if your company provides a match, then go ahead and contribute to the match. Normally that matches anywhere between 4% to 8%. So if your company says, we will match 4% of what you put into your retirement account, then contribute 4%, at least start there. If you're not contributing at all, at least start by getting the match. Yeah. That match is important. It's in, it's very impactful because it's effectively free money and you'll never encounter free money in this form typically. So if you have that opportunity, go get that and seize that opportunity. Yeah, because a lot of people don't have that. So, and then the next step that I would say would be aim for that 10%. Once you have contributed 5%, aim to get to 10%. Once you get to 10%, bump it up 1% each year if that feels good to you, or aim for 2%, add 2% each year. Go from 10% to 12%, and then try to get to 15%. Once you get to 15%, then I think the next goal should be, can I max this thing out? Yeah. And there's some tactical ways to do this too. Like if you're not at that 10%, each year, you know, you're going to probably get a raise, right? You're doing good work. You're you're an excellent employee. You're trying hard. You're doing everything you should be doing. You get a raise, put that raise into your retirement. You won't notice any difference because Mm -hmm. from one year to the next, maybe inflation is up, maybe it's down. You won't really notice that much. It's not a big difference. So, you know, put it to your future. Yeah, I agree with with all of that. Contribute to your future. So those are the things that we did to contribute to our future if we retire at the normal retirement age and to have money once we get to the normal retirement age. But we also have a goal of retiring early. And so we need to have access to money that we can pull out before we get to 59 and a half. And on that side of things, we have opened a brokerage account. Mm -hmm. So once we have maxed out our 401k, 403b, whatever options we have available to us, then we opened up a brokerage account. Yeah. And for us, the brokerage account is through Vanguard and we basically funnel money into it automatically, which was a new development from, I don't know, two or three years ago. But that has been a pivotal change in the way that we do things because we said, uh, how much, how much should we, should we put in? Ah, I don't know. You know, what, what feels good? And we, you know, decided on a number and it's automatically taken out of our investments and funneled into our brokerage account. And we didn't notice it was gone. Taken out of our checking account, you mean, not yeah, from yeah, our investments. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that will really make you successful to have the money you need once you reach retirement is to making this stuff automatic. Yeah making that 401k contribution automatic, making your brokerage account contributions automatic. And for us with the Vanguard account, we invest in a mutual fund in Vanguard. And because of that, we have the option to automatically move that money from checking to be invested. We don't have to do anything Yeah. any month. It just happens. It happens every month, same day. 
the money is taken from our checking account. It's sent over to Vanguard to our brokerage account. And from the brokerage account, the fund that we purchase is bought for us. Yeah. And you just learn to work with what you have coming into your checking, coming into your savings, coming into the way that you typically get paid. This is outside of that. And you just learn to work with what you have. Yeah. Okay. So um, then the next thing we've been contributing to a brokerage account for a while. And one of the new things that's introduced is this year I became Mm self-employed. And so it's like, okay, what can we do around self-employment? If you are self-employed, you can still contribute because there may be someone who's listening who you don't have access to a job who's providing a 401k. You are the boss. (laughs) So you have to figure that out. So as a self-employed person, you have access to a 401k just like everyone else it's called an individual 401k or a solo 401k mm. you can open that up through fidelity or through vanguard there are other 401k providers charles schwab e-trade also does a solo 401k so you can look for options in order to be able to invest into a 401k as a solo or as a self-employed person yeah and as a self-employed person your contribution limits to your 401k is higher than what it is if you were working for a job. Yeah. So as you're working for a job, then the contribution limits are 22,500 for the year of 2023. But solo 401k, I think it's closer to 51, 52,000. So there's more that you can contribute there. There are also other options like a SCP IRA, a simple IRA that you can invest in as a self-employed person as well. But don't forget to pay your future self if you're self-employed. Yeah. I like how you said that if you're working for a job, you know, but, (laughs) you know, really that is your job, right? Like you're self-employed. That is your job. You're the boss. So, you know, you're, you're calling the shots and with calling the shots comes responsibility, right? Like now all of a sudden you have to make a choice between, you know, these different accounts, these different 401ks and how, you know, like how you, how you choose to invest, but you have to make that decision. And if you can't make that decision, choose one. Yeah. And I didn't mean working for a job. Like obviously. <laughs> you mean working for an employer. I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So to wrap this thing up, this part of the challenge is to increase your retirement contributions. Yes. That's the whole purpose of this episode is to get you to increase your retirement contributions. If you're not contributing, Start contributing to your company's match. If your company doesn't have a match, aim for 10%. If you are scared like I was and you don't want to do that 10% to start off with, start at 5 or 6%. And then after a couple of months, bump it up to another percentage point or two percentage points until you get to that 10%. Yeah. If you're already at 10%, bump it up to 12%. If you're already at 12%, shoot for 15%. If you get to 15%, you're doing pretty good. But let's see if you can max it out. Yeah. What is it going to take for you to max that account out? And then once you are set with the amount you need there maxed out, then brokerage account. Mm-hmm. Or maybe for some people, you may not even need to go to the max for your retirement account before you open that brokerage account. Yeah. You can also open that once you get to that 10% and fund your future self in two different ways. Split yeah. the difference. All right. So... We started this episode off by telling you how 80% of people do not succeed at their resolutions within the first six weeks. Yeah, New Year's resolutions. They stop after the first six weeks. Mm -hmm. We want you to commit to increasing your retirement this year, to increasing the money that you will have once you get to retirement. Yeah. And 
one thing that the article said was that you need to replace the language from should, I should do this, to I will. Yeah. So the challenge is for you to say, I will increase my retirement contribution. You got to commit. To commit and then go and do it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend. Join us for the next one. And let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together. Let's make green together.